On today's show, we're going to be able to figure out which 529 plans have done their homework and which ones haven't, because Morningstar has their college savings report card. All that and more on today's podcast. It's Brian Preston, the money guy, restoring order to your financial chaos, retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions. He's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Bo, do you miss your your plush animal costume, your dragon costume? I feel pretty excited that it's not 4,000 degrees right now as we record the show. Well, I'm smart. I turned on the air conditioner today, whereas that would have probably paid off handsomely if I would have turned on the air conditioner before we put on... Was the AC not on the whole time? No, it it really was 126 degrees in here when we did the show last two weeks. So if if you're wondering what we're talking about, guys, go check out the last show that we did. It was our Halloween episode. Where I was dressed up as Jon Snow. Eh. Not, I think I think I, I greatly disappointed my wife on that. I think she had much higher expectations on the Jon Snow that I was able to pull off. Right. And then Bo, you were one of my trusty dragons that looked like the best description was from one of our friends that said you looked like a five year old dressed up yeah. in, a, in a dragon costume. Yeah, I, I didn't get the Barney callback as so, well. So so go check that out. I don't know what we're going to do with those costumes now, but um it, it, it's spectacular nonetheless and it goes down into history as um one of those things that you ought to check out if you want to be part of the Money Guy family. So we, we have a lot to cover today because I, I think in the intro, I, I set up that, that we're going to be using Morningstar's annual report card because this right. thing is hot off the presses as of the last week. But um, on top of that, I'm going to kind of do a quick review of what your savings opportunities are for college. Okay. Um, because I think it's important before we land on 529 plans that you at least as a parent know what other choices you have so that you don't get distracted as well as just so you, you fill up that toolbox of knowing what all resources are available to you. Um, before I do that, I, I do want to remind everybody because we are within weeks. Of yeah, the one thousand right. dollar yeah. giveaway. That's right, one thousand dollar giveaway for all of our U- brand new YouTube subscribers. So all you have to do to qualify for this thousand dollars is go to our YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com/slash Money Guy Show, and just subscribing. Listen to this. We've heard you. We know that there's a barrier to entry. You gotta go through a few steps to go to YouTube. We've made it easier. Now, if you'll just go to our show notes, just go to moneyguy.com, check out our show notes. We are going to provide a subscriber link right there on moneyguy.com. So go check out the show notes, and and we'll get you hooked up. And it's even going to be available uh, on the podcast app. So when you're listening, it'll be right there in the notes. You click on the link, and you can subscribe right there. So sign up. We're getting close to the... 1,400, Mark, I would love for us to get as close to 2,000 as possible. And guys, how many things almost give you a 1 in 1,000 shot, 1 in 2,000 shot, depending upon how successful we are? Those are great odds for a $1,000 drawing. I mean, a, a lot of people do raffles, they do other things, and they have thousands of, you know, they, they just don't have a chance. This is probably going to be your best shot at getting $1,000. We will be giving this money away. So go check it out, youtube.com slash money guy show or just go to moneyguy.com and not only sign up and register to be a, a youtube subscriber you also get to check out the smart money club and all the other things where we're connecting with our listeners all the time so so go check it out moneyguy.com and that also gives you the opportunity to take the relationship to the next level we had somebody in the office today and they're like how does this work what 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 
what are you guys doing with this YouTube channel and, and as well as the Money Guy show? And I said, look, this thing started out as a passion project where I just wanted to provide great advice to people who didn't qualify for a financial advisor. But then the vision has evolved where I've realized, and it's really come full circle with our, the, some of the volunteer stuff yep. and other things we've done in the community. We just want to invest in you. Come and absorb as much as you can from the show. We're just going to give it away. We're just going to give you all the advice you would need as you have 50000 100000 200000 millions of dollars with the thought that one day you're going to be so successful, you're going to go, I can't do it all. I need a professional to help me out. And that's when, with that abundance mindset, you're going to come back to the Money Guy Show and hire us. So... Go check out, you know, Money Guy Show. And then if you like what you hear, because we work with clients all over the country, take the relationship to the next level. We're always looking for new clients. And I really do love sharing and watching. And you guys who have written us, who have told us you started listening in college, 10 years, fast forward 10, 11 years, and now you're in executive level positions. You started your own company. You've got the success that you think of us. And it makes me, really does make me feel like we've planted seeds. Now we're harvesting the crop. Thank you, thank you, and that abundance mentality can can extend to you as well. So continue to share with us out there with all your friends and family. So let's get into this. Bo, this one appeals to, we we both have daughters. I have two daughters, you have two daughters. And part of being a parent is you feel this tremendous pressure that you want to make sure that your kids are being enabled with as many tools, as much education. You, you just want to to create these positive influences on on you know just society. I mean, you sure. want your kids to to have every opportunity, and a big part of that is education. And I know I struggle with this fact. Am I doing everything I can to provide opportunities to check the box? So there's a lot of stress and worry that goes with the average parent making sure you're doing everything you can for, for your children. So I wanted to create a resource where our listeners could go and say, okay, I know at least from a college savings standpoint, I'm doing everything right. And even if you don't have kids in college or maybe you're a grandparent, I think there's going to be a lot of information we're going to be sharing today that will allow you to at least be a resource or the knowledge person in your circle of influence to where people can come to you and you can hook them up with, with a lot of great information. So before, but before I get into the actual nuts and bolts of educating our listeners on how to navigate the, the saving for college, um, you know, gauntlet, I want to first Go to a resource to kind of warm up the audience. It's your favorite resource, Bo. I've caught you, you know, on this website all the time. It's it's bookmarked and it's a favorite of mine. You know, th- this is the graduation point after you get past Tiger Beat is TeamLife.com. Yep. And I was kind of surprised when I found this resource, but it's surprising facts about college. I thought, what better way to get the show started on saving for college than to go through some surprising facts? So let's kind of jump into these. This, like I said, this is from TeamLife.com, and it was um, it was pretty entertaining actually to to see this information. So the first thing, and this ties in directly with what we're doing today. 75% of high school seniors are accepted to their first choice colleges, but less than 57% can afford to attend. That's kind of so, sad. Yeah, so That's it means that there's a lot of people that are, that are struggling maybe with the planning aspect. How do you get the resources so you can actually go to the college that you want to? Ivy League schools. 
Okay, this is like the Yale and Harvards and these sort of schools, right? UGA is close to being on that list, but not quite there. But um, 0.4% of undergraduates attend one of the Ivy League schools. That shows how it's almost a rounding error. Less than half a percent. Yeah, less than half a percent. So that was kind of an interesting, surprising fact. Um, The next one. Of the 2,350,000 college students enrolling per year, only 1,750,000 will graduate. That's 74.5%. I'm nerdy enough I went and calculated well, yeah, it did. out. So it is one of those things, you know, it's not it's not as simple as saying look to your left, look to your right, right. and somebody's going to disappear. That stat doesn't work. But it is interesting that over a quarter of, of, of people who start off in college their freshman year don't graduate. Right. So um, it's, it's one of those things where you know that it's going to weed out some people. Here's the next one. The average college student college student's debt is twenty three thousand seven hundred. The average student loan payment is four hundred and thirty two dollars per month. It's like a, that's a car payment. When I, I mean, it, it is definitely. I think, it, I think it, it it creates a barrier. Sure. For most people graduating college, you know, if they have large student loans, that definitely can can impede their ability to start from day one building financial independence and starting on this cool journey. I, I think this is a great opportunity. Also, to talk about. College majors return on investment. Right. You know, and I've said this, shared this on many shows, but I think it's worth repeating. When you come out of college, if you're looking for a guide on how much student debt to take, use your first year, anticipated first year of salary as kind of a benchmark. You don't want to go over that. So, you know, there's exceptions for professionals, you know, medical students and other things like that. But if you know you're going to come out of school with a a major that probably starting salary is $30,000 a year, you probably want to make sure that you don't let that student loan get above sure. that amount. Now, in mitigated, lower it as much as possible because there's no reason if you're at twenty thousand, you know your starting salary is going to be thirty. That doesn't mean go run it up um, with lifestyle, but it, I just want to give you kind of some some benchmarks there. I thought this one was interesting. I went around the office. Nobody guessed this number. The average college student attends how many parties a year? Well, I tried to do it mathematically, right? I thought, so, okay, there are, what, 10 months in a college year, and there are four weekends in a month. So I said 40 was my guess. 40 parties, that's a, a party a weekend. Well, this is why you graduate with good grades, with all the kuma kumas and lods, lods, or whatever you had after Yeah, it was your, something like that. Your um, sugma kuma. Yeah, I, no, you got I, it. I didn't have them on my diploma, but you it. did. 62 parties a year. So I thought Holy that was interesting. Cow. And then here's the last one. There are 775 thousand male students enroll in college each year versus 1,575,000 female students. Oh, so is that double? Yeah. Having daughters, it shows definitely the smarter sex. So it's just very entertaining to, to see those stats. Teenlife.com, you don't hear that on every other financial, financial podcast, podcast. For, um, for resources. So let's kind of get into now, what do you do? What are your opportunities to save for college um, I want to kind of walk through, if you're a parent and you're saying, okay, I know 529s are the preferred savings tool, what, what other choices are there? Because sure. there's people pitching things, there's articles all the time. Well, there's let, things you've heard your parents and grandparents yeah, talk so about. Let's let's kind of go through these. The first one I put was savings bonds. Uh-huh. This is kind of old school. Yeah. 
I mean, grandparents, if you're getting savings bonds, it's probably from a grandparent who doesn't know that the world has updated. And why do people like savings bonds? It's because if they were series double E and I bonds issued after 1989, the interest that was, you know, built up was tax free if it was used for right. education. Now, the problem, we all live in a very low interest rate environment. There just hasn't been much growth in right. those. So that, that, that's kind of an outdated savings um, process or tool. And, and back in the day, it was a lot easier, right? So you buy a double E savings bond, and what it does is it, it guarantees that it will double in value if you hold it for the full term. So right. if it goes 10 years or 20 years, it'll double in value. But I think a 529 plan can probably do a little bit better than that from an investment perspective. It's just outdated. Uh, let's just say that. It's just, it's not the, the ideal choice anymore. The next one is Coverdell Education Savings Accounts. You know, most people know these as ESAs, the Education Savings Accounts. I throw the Coverdell in because I'm from Georgia originally, and Paul Coverdell <laughs> is what that legislation was named after. Um, and, and well, here's what's interesting about Coverdell Educational Savings Accounts. Sure. Savingsforcollege.com, which is a really popular website and resource. We've used it on shows in the past. Yep. They did a survey, and only and 84% of their, their readers who were surveyed were not even fam- familiar with what these ESAs are. And we have clients all the time who we mention them to, and they've never heard of them before. So I think it's pretty common. And, and, and there's a reason. But let me before I give you the, the problems or the warts with, with Coverdell ESAs, they, they, they do have some benefits. They grow tax-free just like 529s, and they do have the unique benefit that's even better than 529s is that you can use these for K-12 through private school. Huh. So a lot of parents, if you think you're going to have a kid going to private school, not using the public school option, these are a great planning opportunity, but they, they have some, some pretty big limitations that I want to explain. First, the annual contribution limit is $2,000 a year. Well, with private school now being around 15000 I think that's the, the national average right, for, yeah. for K-12 through private school. It's around 15000 You can see $2,000 a year is, is not gonna barely far, scratching yeah. the surface. So it's got some, that, that contribution limit is a pretty big limitation. Sure. Um, also contributions can only be made up until the time the student turns 18 years of age. Otherwise it starts having some, some excise taxes and other things. Sure. And then there's income limits. So if you're one of these people, if you make between 190 to $220,000 for married couples, you are you you phase out from a, the income threshold, so you can't even contribute to the, sure. these products. So, pretty big limitations. So let's talk about some other college savings options. Roth IRAs. I saw an article. There are articles out there on this, and and they're technically accurate, but I think they're missing. <laughs> the big picture impact of what Roth IRAs are for. Um, yes, and I think the reason Roth IRAs are thrown out there in the education discussion is because 529s, as you go here in a minute, have some huge tax benefits. Right. They can appreciate and be tax-free, which is tremendous. So when you think of tax-free growth, you immediately go to Roth yeah, IRAs. Yeah, you get excited thinking and, and Roth IRAs have the benefit also that if you keep them in, their their account setting for five years, you can pull the principal out tax-free, penalty-free. So that's awesome. But they have a contribution limit. Roth IRAs, you can only contribute $5,500 a year unless you're over 50, and then you can do $6,500. But that is a limit per year. And you're kind of, the room's getting crowded if this money, because that tax-free growth is so powerful. I love Roth IRAs for saving for retirement. But if you're now using that Roth IRA to also fund Junior's College, yep. 
you're crowding out the purpose of what that money's for. And, I, and you're going to hear me at the end of the show today, I'm going to give you the summary of how you implement all this. And I'm also going to give you the, the warning that college savings should occur on the priority scale after you already have your path charted for your own financial independence. Right. So if you're now taking that, that limited contribution within the Roth IRA and taking it and using it for junior's college, you might be setting yourself up for a ticking time bomb for retirement to be less than ideal. Yeah. So, so I tell people to be very careful about using Roth IRAs for education funding. The next is life insurance. Um, this came up just recently. I mean, one of our clients wrote us and said, hey, got a family member saying, why don't we fund college through life insurance? Yep. There, there's, there's several. The first thing when I hear that, I'm like, Okay, who in the family is selling life insurance? Because it, you, this, this is obviously there's probably a conflict sure. there where somebody's looking to load up the the commission, right, right, right. versus um, the, the ideal planning opportunity. And, and so I don't love life insurance because they they have high commissions and expenses. Um, there, there's a lot of fees that are going to go into structuring a life insurance product, and then it's also at the end of the day, a big portion of the premium you're paying each year is for a portion of it is for life insurance. So that's that's taking away the singular focus of saving for college. And then let's talk about what happens. You save for five years, 10 years into this product that you get to the point where one day you want to implement and pull that money out to pay for college. Um, it's, it's not exactly easy to pull the money right. out of a life insurance policy. There are limitations on that. Um, from a taxability, meaning that if you pull out more than you've made in contributions, you could create a tax situation. Yep. So that usually leads to the next thing where the insurance agent will say, well, take a policy loan. Right. Right? What's wrong with taking a policy loan to fund, um, you know, to, to pay for college? And then, you know, it will essentially be tax free because when you die, the, the life insurance will just pay off that loan. Right. And, you know, nobody's nobody's harmed by that. The problem is if you set this up with the purpose of saving for college, if you pull out a large enough chunk, you do have to pay interest back. Right. Um, and then you could pull out enough to where the policy premium gets to be so much that you essentially blow the policy up. Yep. So it's, it creates a taxable situation or a huge long-term cash flow requirement. It, just hearing you talk through that, Brian, the thing that kind of was resonating, I was like, man, this is complicated. In, ter- in, in terms of saving for college and things you have to think about, there's a lot of stuff to think about if you're going to try to use insurance to do that. So there probably are some better better ways to save. So, And that's a great segue into what this show's about, because this is about 529 plans. Now, before I get into 529 plans, there's two different versions of 529s. There's the less common, which is a prepaid tuition. I'm not, I want you, I want to go ahead and tell you that that's not what today's show is about, right. but I want to make sure so you know that we're giving you the full treatment here of knowing all your opportunities and options. Um, there are prepaid tuition programs by individual states where you could pay for your college at a discounted rate. Um, through a 529 prepaid tuition program. Right. And they're still out there. They're just not as common. And I will tell you, there's even been a problem where some of the programs are changing the language within them because we've actually had seen a trend, even though college keeps getting more and more expensive, there were a few states where the tuition actually got cheaper because they oh, realized. Wow, yeah. And then now that caused a problem on the pre- prepaid tuition you to where that you overpaid. So th- th- I'm not saying that that is common, but I just want you to know there, there are some hiccups so we're not covering that in today's shows. Nothing wrong with them other than they are some 
some growing pains going into those because the, the whole environment on paying for college is changing. I feel like the inflation rate for college is not as big as it's been in the past because I think a lot of people, because of this whole thing in America right now, where people have woken up and realized a lot of these students are coming out of college with a lot of student loan debt. Right. What can we do to mitigate that situation? And they're turning it back and looking at the cost. And I think colleges have woken up and realized, wait a minute, somebody's paying attention to the inflation yeah. rate. We probably ought to trim how much we're raising in the, the cost of, of college. So it, that, that plays into this, this sure. discussion. So let's talk about the other version of the college savings plan, the 529, which is the savings option. Um, so these are savings plans. And what makes 529 savings plans awesome? There's really several things. Tax-free growth if used for college. It's a Roth IRA for college. Exactly. You use these things for qualified educational expenses tax-free. That's that's incredible. There's also tax benefits within your state. There's a chance. Maybe. Maybe. That's what I mean. If you live in a state that has income taxes and you need to go to whether it's the the Morningstar website, the Savings for College website, it's very easy to go pull and see what the state benefits are within your state. And then here's the other thing that people like about 529 plants. You can load them up. So These it's not, things, not a $2,000 There's no $2,000 contribution, contribution limit. limit. The contribution limit is actually tied to the annual gift tax exclusion. Okay, so yeah. so right now, I think that, that's right around 14000 2018, which we're getting closer to. That number is going to jump up to 15000 and here's the cool thing with 529s. They let you load it up where you can do five years at once. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you've got family members that are very successful and they're trying to figure out grandparents that are trying to figure out how they load up and, right. and take care of educational funding goals, 529s are going to be your opportunity. And there's no income phase out. It doesn't matter if you make $50,000 a year, if you make a million dollars a year. Everybody can contribute to 529s. And that's the other thing. I like the come one, come all where you can make this a funding goal that you bring in friends, family, relatives, you know, because we all know Christmas, the you know, what are, what are you going to ask the grandparents for? Sometimes I feel like between birthdays and Christmas, the kids are getting gifts that really they're, they're going to play with the box more than the toy. Wouldn't it be great if the grandparents could throw an extra $100 into the 529 right. plan? That is a powerful savings tool. So come one, come all. I love the, the the group funding or crowdfunding that you can do with with college savings. But what if I'm nervous? What if uh, you know? What if I live in a state? You know? What if I live in Tennessee and I open up a Tennessee five twenty nine? But what if my kid doesn't go to college in Tennessee? Am I stuck? No, five twenty nines work. Even though they're they're state specific, they can work in other states. It's nothing wrong if you have a Utah plan and you live in Tennessee. No big deal. If you got a Tennessee plan, you live in Tennessee, but your kid ends up going to college in Hawaii, you can still use it. Here's even something better. We've had this happen with clients. What if your child doesn't go to normal college? What if they go to um, cosmetology? Um, What if they do a trade school? Those things qualify for 529 plans as well. There's a list that you can go and search and and see qualified institutions, but it's not just traditional four-year colleges. It's two years, it's trade schools. There's all kind of opportunities, even sure. if your kid doesn't go to traditional college, four-year college programs. And I think one thing, before we jump into the Morningstar article and start talking about, you know, what which are the best 529 plans out there, um, a lot of folks have some hesitation before they fund a 529 because they're really nervous about, well, what happens if 
I overfunded or what happens if I fund it? My kid doesn't go to college, right? You think we should spend a couple minutes talking yeah. about that a little bit? It's really cool that 529s give you maximum flexibility. First of all, you can transfer the money to family members, including yourself. You know, this is something that you could down the road, you know, if you wanted to go back to school or, or something like that. There's all kind of opportunities to where you can pass these things around between family members. Sure. So, you know, when we're giving generalized advice, we typically talk about loading up that firstborn's account because, you know, they're, they're going to be the first ones to hit the ground running at, at college. And then if you have leftover, you can start passing it down to the other children. Sure. And then your children even potentially have the opportunity um, to pass it down to their kids. So there's a lot of, uh, of chances for this money. And let's, let's, not, let's take out what if nobody goes to college? Sure. Realize you're always going to be able to get the principal back that you put into these plans. It's just that any earnings that you have, there could, if it's not used for education, there's going to be income taxes due on it, as well as a potential 10% penalty. But sure. um, So you don't so lose I'll, the actual contribution. I want to make sure I understood that. So if I save for the whole time that, that my girls are growing up and I put you know $50,000 into the 529 plan, and when they get to college, it's worth seventy five. And they don't go to college. It's only that twenty five thousand of earnings that's subject to income taxes and penalty, not the fifty that I put in. But I think most people, because we, we you know, most of us have kids or have relatives. It, there's a great planning opportunity to pass the assets and, and continue to to create that that key to success, which is a great education. Um, I had on here before we kind of got into the Morning Star ratings. A lot of you guys, you're probably, as, you, as your children are getting closer to college, you're going, okay, I know there's all these education tax credits. Mm -hmm. I know there's also, what if, what if my kids are outstanding students so they get scholarships academically? Yep. Or what if they're an outstanding athlete and they actually become a student athlete and get a scholarship? Sure. How does that coordinate with all this? I want to kind of give you guys a, a brief overview. And I, I try not to go too much in the weeds, but I think you guys love that you actually have an abundance resource here where we try to make you give you as much in the toolbox as possible without insulting you by not giving you details. Because I'm always annoyed when I read financial resources and they give me just enough to scratch the surface, but they don't go beyond common sense. So so let's go dig in a little bit. The first time there, there's actually uh you know an educational credit out there um for the American and I totally you know what I I, I reduced my, my notes here, Bo, AOTC. I think it's the American, American Opportunity, Opportunity Tax, Tax Credit. Credit. Look at that. We did it together. Jinx. <laughs> Yo, me a Coke. Um, so American Opportunity Tax Credit. This one's been around. What's funny is this thing was funded <sighs> to, to be a temporary tax credit, but it's actually kind of stayed around. It's been right. around from 2009. It's still in, in existence in 2017. The first $4,000 that you can treat, you know, that, that you, of educational expenses qualify for a pretty substantial credit. There's, okay. there's $2,000. The first 2000 you spend is a dollar for dollar credit. And then the, the next 2000 is 25%. So if you add, do the math on that, it's about $2,500 a year. Yeah. So over four years, you could get, cause that's what it qualifies for the first four years of school. You could get a $10,000 tax credit here. That's pretty powerful yeah. stuff. So you want to make sure you maximize that because credits, what I love about credit that are better than deductions, it's dollar for dollar. So if you owe $2,500 in taxes, you get to write that off. And here's the cool thing. The first $1,000 is actually a refundable credit. So maybe oh, wow, you only yeah. have a $1,500 tax bill, and but you have $2,500 credit from educational expenses. You could actually get a $1,000 refund. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a powerful thing because 
cr credits dollar for dollar reduction in taxes. That's much more powerful than a deduction, which only lowers your taxable income, but then is subject to the rate that you pay. So credits are much more powerful. Does everybody get to take advantage of this? I, I mean, well, there is there are some income limits. I mean, it starts to phase out between one sixty to one hundred eighty thousand for a married okay. couple, a joint couple. So um, hundred thousand, you're not getting to take advantage of the American Opportunity Credit. But it is one of those things where you want to make sure that you're coordinating this because you don't get to double dip with the government. They go let you save tax-free in the 529 and let it grow tax-free in the 529. But they don't want you if you had 15, if you only had $10,000 of expenses or let's just say $4,000 of expenses, you don't get to take the American Opportunity Credit and then the 529 for the same $4,000. Okay. Now, if you have $10,000 worth of expenses, you could do $4,000 with the American Opportunity Credit, and then you could do the other 6000 with your 529, and you've just allocated those education dollars, and you could do both. So they can work in the same year. It's just you have to make sure the same dollar is not being allocated to, to, to a credit and the same thing for the so 529. So I want to I paraphrase what you just said. So when it comes time to actually write the checks for college, when it comes time to pay tuition, you need to pay attention where the check is coming from. Because when it comes tax time, you're going to have to show that. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. And also understand the differences. It's just like 529 plans, all qualified educational expenses, including room and board, whereas the American Opportunity Tax Credit, that one is primarily for tuition okay. and, and the basic education that it excludes you know, room and board and sure. things like that. So, you know, there, there are some differences in what counts as qualified educational expenses between the tax credit and um, the 529. So make sure you understand that. And you also need to understand what happens if you get all these scholarships. You can't double dip on that as well. You can't take if – if your kid goes to a school – that cost twenty thousand dollars a year. You don't get, and you got a full ride that covered that. You don't get to take a fourth the credit on that gotcha. tw that twenty five hundred dollar credit for something that was already paid. But you do. Here's the cool thing with five twenty nines. If you had a, a, a scholarship that was worth twenty thousand dollars, you could take twenty thousand dollars out of the five twenty nine, and it would exempt you out of that. Tax penalty, the ten percent, but you still have to pay income taxes oh, okay. on the growth. But it's it's basically rewarding you for having a child that qualified for a scholarship, which is kind of cool if you think about yeah, that in the coordination. Is there's no harm, no foul. You just have to pay taxes on the gain. So sure. it's, it's kind of a cool planning opportunity. So did we cover that well enough? Should we jump right into the yeah, morning? Yeah, I think stuff? now let's talk about now that you know you ought to do it. Let's talk about which one you use and how you use it. So Morningstar does this. They come out, and I got nervous because we planned to do this show. We created the editorial calendar, and I was like, I know that about the 20th of October every year, that's when Morningstar comes out with their annual ratings. Right. So I was like, that's when we need to do this show because it'll be fresh off the presses. I got nervous because this thing didn't come out until I think it's either 25th or 26th. Yeah. So we, we, they, they scared me because so we had it, it is, on the calendar. It is, it is literally hot off it the presses. It is hot now. off the presses. But um, it, it's kind of – this is a great resource because what I like about the way Morningstar does this is that they actually evaluate and they have a system that they use. That they're very consistent with the way they do their system. And I'm, I'm quickly – Oh, look through. at all those papers. Holy it is cow. ridiculous how much paperwork Holy that I have here. Holy cow. Go to YouTube.com slash Money Guy Show, and you can see how much stuff I, I have before me. book over We're here. trying to load up the toolbox, but okay, loading up the toolbox requires a lot of research. So what I like is they have a five. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Yeah, it's five. five. They have the five Ps that they use as the criteria to rate 
um, and, 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 and the criteria they're using okay. to judge and rate the, these different plans. So the first one is process. And what I'm planning on doing is I'm going to give you the definition that Morningstar provides, and then I've made some notes on things that, that we ought to consider. Okay. So the first one is process. Did the plan hire an experienced asset allocator design a thoughtful, well-diversified glide path for the age-based portfolios? What suit of investment options is offered? So here's what I'd written on this one. Um, this is kind of an update. First, also, I need to give a shout-out to, to Leo. Leo Atchison, he's a CFA, Bo, so he's in, you're in good company. Like you you guys could do the CFA secret handshake. But Leo is the one that all these articles I pulled from Morningstar, he's their guy. He's obviously their educational expert. Um, so it's kind of, we'll probably send Leo a shout out for thanks sure. for doing the great research. But here's what I had on the, on the processes side. And, and Leo does a lot of discussion in his Morningstar research is that he counts on when he was doing his analysis that all these plans should be getting better and taking advantage of technology and right. the latest trends with investing. And one of those things is, is that We've talked about, and we do a lot of show discussion on target retirement funds, how target retirement funds, when you're first starting out with savings, they're great in the fact that they essentially replace the need for a financial advisor to create an asset allocation or sure. you to become a do-it-yourselfer that knows enough about asset allocation to do a really good job. A lot of target retirement funds have made it very easy for people saving for retirement or for college, for that matter, where you just choose the year that you need the money, aka retire for target retirement funds or age-based option for 529 is the year that your child is going to enter college, and then they'll do the asset allocation. Now, there's been some some limitations when all these things started, whether you're talking about target retirement funds or 529 plans, they have what's called the glide path. Mm -hmm. It is the the path of how much, how often is the asset allocation getting adjusted? Because remember, these things are very aggressive when you're younger, Mm -hmm. but as you get older or closer to, your child gets closer to college, you need to, they need to be more conservative because now you're going to need those resources. You don't want to have a downturn like 2008 happen the year before your child goes to right. college. But the problem is, is that these things were pretty static. They had a step where every three to five years, the allocation was being updated and ma- being made more conservative, but it was a, a pretty big shock to the system. Sure. I mean, you could see a 20, 25% swing in some of the allocations. And, and as Leo pointed out, that needs to be modernized. Sure. And you've seen this with five, tw- I mean, with target retirement funds, all of them have a, a pretty smooth glide path, meaning that those allocation adjustments are co- occurring much more frequently. Well, the problem is, that's not occurring as quickly with, with 529 plans. Um, here's, here's what I mean by that is that as I told you, all, all target retirement plans have a much more smoothed out glide path. But when we were researching this, only 17 plans had the progressive, um, Glide paths. They they had updated it. They you know fifteen of those have been improved just this year. Right. So that's still the 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 not the vast majority because as as I look, I have to go back to my resources. This is the part where preparation. Morningstar is covering sixty two plans. Okay. Um, now I realize there's eighty four in in the in nationally. Right. There's eighty four five twenty nine plans. Morningstar is actually rating and doing an analysis on 62. That accounts for 95% of 529 assets. So this is the lion's share of 529s. But you heard 62, and now we only have 17 plans that have this more advanced, smooth glide path. 
there's still a lot of modernization in the process that needs to occur with 529. So I tell you all that just to let you know that Leo was paying attention to who's being modern, who, who's got the processes where they're taking advantage of the best way to manage these, these asset allocation structures sure. and changes. The next was people. And what Morningstar says under the second P is under people, it says, what is Morningstar's assessment of the underlying money manager's talent, tenure, and resources? Meaning that do they have good people that are working through the process? The next one is parent. Is the program manager a good caretaker of college savers capital? Is the state managing the plan professionally? Sure. So this goes into their analysis. The next is performance. Have the plan's options earned their keep with solid risk-adjusted returns over relevant time periods? How is the plan expected to perform going forward? So here's the cool thing. I made some notes on this one as well, is that 529s are just like everything else that we're all doing. I love how technology and the modernization of investing is making things cheaper and cheaper. We are the beneficiary. Us, the end consumer, is the beneficiary of this cheaper price. The asset weighted average is now 0.7% for all 529s. Wow. Um, that's the asset. Now realize the average overall is 1.05, but that's not fair because, you know, a lot of the people. Better plans uh, get more money. Well, also asset classes, as we know from managing our own money, you can go buy an S&P 500 fund for practically free. Sure. But in an international fund might be more expensive. But when you look at how the asset allocation is actually weighted as a total portfolio, the average comes out to be around 0.7 now. That's a pretty big improvement because just two years ago, at the end of 2014, the um, average asset weighted average in 529s was 0.79. So, I mean, that's a that's that's a greater than 10% sure. reduction in just two years. That's pretty awesome that price is coming down. Um, I did want to draw attention on the, these are just averages. There are two different types of plans. You can do direct sold, meaning that you are – buying your product, I mean, you're buying the the 529 assets directly from the state website. You're going and downloading the applications. And then there's advisor-sold 529 plans. Um, So just like it sounds, that's where you go and get a financial advisor who helps you structure the plan. And not to confuse the matter, but there's actually a separation even between those two. Because both direct-sold can have a passive strategy, which is primarily index funds, and then they can have an active strategy where they even the, the, the direct sold are going out there and hiring managers who are hopefully making a decision. I want to give you some averages so you know how these decisions impact price and the cost structure. So on the direct sold with passive strategies, meaning they're primarily using index fund, the average is around 0.32% per year. That's okay. getting pretty cheap. Um, if you go to the advisor sold, Passive, meaning they're using index funds, the average is 0.74. Okay. And then on the price for advisor sold active, the average is 1.06. And then the direct sold active is 0.79. So you can see there's, there's definitely a difference between if you're buying from an advisor versus buying it direct. And then there's a, a second separation from are they using an active strategy or are they using more of an index sure. strategy? So all that is going to play into what you're paying and understanding the pricing structure uh, of what's going on there. I think it's also cool that Morningstar, when they're doing their their ranking and analysis, they're also paying attention to the maintenance fees because a lot of these plans, over half of the plans, 
have fees ranging from ten to thirty dollars a year just for having access to the five twenty nine. Right. Now that doesn't sound like much, you know. You're talking about ten to thirty, but if you think about the fact that you're starting a five twenty nine, maybe with only two thousand, three thousand, four thousand dollars, you can ten to thirty dollars an annual fee can can be a decent percentage. Sure. So you need to pay attention to the the, the price side of things. Um, so it's just interesting that they got into all that. I want to kind of go deeper into, you know, what does this mean? What are the what are the trends? So here's what Morningstar came up with. Of the 62 plans that they analyzed out of 84, which like I said is 95% of the, the, the 529 plans out there in the assets, 34 plans received best in class. Now what Morningstar considers best in class means they got a gold ranking, a silver ranking and a bronze. As okay. you can imagine, the lion's share of that best in class is probably in the bronze. Much smaller, very few funds in the gold and silver. I'll go through sure. who, which, which states and which plans are in those gold and silvers. 26 earned a neutral rating. And then two received an actual negative rating. Not so, so what I'm planning on doing is I'm going to give you in a minute, I'm going to give you the gold, the silver, and then the negative because there's just a lot of you need to go out and check out our website. We'll, we'll give you links if you want to go check out who the, the bronze as well as the neutral rated ones are. Um, I did think it was interesting. This is a positive year in the fact that there were six plans that were upgraded. Only three were downgraded. So it sounds like um, by and large they're getting better. Yeah, so they are getting better. And then there's three, you know, versus last year it was six and six. Six up, six down. Right. Um, so it, Morningstar's paying attention to the modernization factor. And then fees continue to, to decrease, decrease. As I've already mentioned, in just two years, we went from 0.79 as the weighted average down to 0.7. Sure. That's a positive trend. It's nice to see those, uh, those, um, in changes. And then asset allocation and, um, glide pass have also increased. Now, this is the part on those downgrades. When I told you they've had three that were downgraded, it doesn't necessarily mean that the plans have done something incredibly bad, right? it just means that they might not be changing at the rate that the market's changing, meaning sure. that they're not modernizing the way they're doing asset allocation. They're not modernizing the way they do the glide pass. So that stuff is definitely coming into play. So let's kind of review the gold, the silver, and the negative. The gold plans, and you guys are going to recognize some of these plans sure. because, you know, especially if you're a money guy, family member who's a client, because um, we use some of these, but it's um, the gold-rated plans are the Bright Start College Savings Plan. That's a direct purchase. That's in the state of Illinois. That's actually an upgrade. Last year, this plan was a bronze plan, so they made it oh, to gold. Wow, so yeah. congratulations to Illinois for for getting those those that update on their direct purchase plan. The next one is Invest Five Twenty Nine, which is the state of Virginia. It's also a direct sell. Um, plan. It was a gold last year, so no change there. The next one on the gold side is the Vanguard 529 College Savings Plan in the state of Nevada. Uh Um, That's a direct purchase. It was a gold last year, so it's consistent. And then this one's pretty popular, the Utah Educational Savings Plan. It's out of Utah. It's a direct sell, and it's gold. What's interesting is that the uh, Nevada somehow got to use Vanguard in their title. The Utah plan's a Vanguard plan as well, Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting. Actually, I think most of those plans do have Vanguard assets in them, so it's quite interesting. And we transition down to the silver-rated plans. Um, we got the Bright Direction um, Savings Plan, also an Illinois plan. This is an advisor-sold plan. It's um, Last year it was a silver. The College Advantage 529 Savings Plan from Ohio, it's a direct sell plan. It was silver last year. 
College America, Virginia plan, another advisor sold plan. It's silver. Um, College bound direct um, is Rhode Island. It's a direct. It was silver last year and it's silver this year. College counts 529. Alabama, this one's an upgrade. Went from bronze last year to silver this year. So congratulations to Alabama for having an increase to their plan. The Maryland College Investment Plan. It's a direct purchase. It was a silver last year. Michigan Education Savings Plan, the most MOST Missouri 529 plan, the Scholar Share College Savings Plan, which is a California-based plan, and then T. Rowe Price College Savings Plan. um, uh, That's Alaska. That one has also stayed silver. Um, Are you impressed I didn't screw up Alaska? No, you you nailed it. Because it's AK. That's always one of those tricky. Arkansas, right? Yeah, that's one of those tricky ones. But um, I showed that 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 UGA education is paying off in spades. And then let's talk about the two negative ones, and then we'll kind of transition. Is the Franklin Templeton 529 College Savings Plan? Last year, this one was a neutral. Okay. Now it's listed on the negative list. And then the Ivy Funds. What state was that? That's in New Jersey. New Jersey. Good okay. catch that I didn't share that. Ivy Funds, Invested Ed, 529 plan. This is an Arizona plan. It was negative last year. So these guys, they kind of got their blinders on. They, sure. they, they know that Morningstar is not their best friend. They don't seem to care because it was negative last year and it's negative this year. So if my course of action is, if I'm not one of those uh, four gold plans, I need to rush out as soon as I finish listening to this podcast and go transfer all my money into one of the gold plans? <laughs> Great. I'm glad you asked that question because here's the thing, and, and they even say this in the Morningstar rating um, article, is that, remember, gold, silver, and bronze are all considered best in class. But the ones that are even neutral rated, they still might be the best plan for you if you go and figure out that your state has an incredible savings benefit, a tax deduction, some some tax incentives. It's just like Georgia has... Um, they're on the neutral list. They used to be a bronze. I don't know what, you know, what's happened over the last few years. It's moved them from, you know, bronze to neutral. But if you live in the state of Georgia, because you can save $5,000 a year and get a tax deduction, which is essentially a free 6% match, you kind of need to go look at it. I mean, because that tax benefit nudges it forward. Now, if you live in a state, we live in a state that doesn't have a state income tax. Um, you know, it might make sense to go look at one of those gold cards, you, yeah. you know, but you need to really pay attention. I can't emphasize enough. Understand the tax benefits that are going on in your state so that you can, you, you can make sure you're maximizing those because those can turn a neutral plan into a personally gold plan for sure. you. So make sure you understand that. And then a lot of you are going, wait a minute, what is my state? I, I want to know, you know, you, you covered a lot there, but I didn't hear my state covered sure. in that list. You need to go, you know, really reference the rest of the research and ratings. They're going to be at Morningstar's 529 Plan Center. We'll put a link at moneyguy.com. So if you just go to moneyguy.com, we'll give you a link to that, um, the 529 Plan Center that Morningstar has. So, so go check that out. And it, Bo, I can't emphasize enough. You understand those tax benefits mm-hmm. because that really is going to play into it. Um, and I, I just want to kind of, cause we're, we're running out of time here. I want to close out the show is that. I think you need, everybody needs perspective because we spent a lot of time talking about the importance of funding education. And I truly do believe education is one of those things. I love going and talking to junior high students, high school students, and I tell them that education is the tell that you drag with you your whole life, meaning the decisions you make while you're young will impact you when you're 30, you're 40, you're 50. And and we're proof of that. I mean, coming from humble beginnings, but I feel like we kept 
striving to get a better and better education and improve ourselves, and now it's paying off economically. But I tell this to the parents. There's a cautionary tale here in the fact that your children can go get scholarships. Mm-hmm. They can go apply for grants. Yep. They can go do student loans. We, as we heard by the average, that a lot of kids come out of school with student loans. Sure. You know where you can't go get a scholarship grant or loan? Your your retirement. Yeah. You're, the only opportunity you have if you haven't done everything you're supposed to for retirement is to move into your kid's basement. Oof. And, Oof. and that doesn't mean that, because I know a lot of people that have their, their, their parents and get that extended family benefit, but you want it to be a choice that y'all yeah. all decided, yeah. not because mom, dad, and you know, you show up because you're broke. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's kind of, that, that, that is one of the worst things you can do. So that's why I tell you, if you're prioritizing where does college funding come in your, your building your financial plan for your family, the enterprise? Make sure that you're prioritizing retirement savings for yourself. Building sure. financial independence needs to be higher up on your priority list before you start saving for, for your kids' education. Now, like I said, I know we all have this worry to make sure we are checking the box, that we're investing in our children and giving them the best chance at life they possibly can have. But a big part of that is also making sure that you're prioritizing you need to be financially independent yep. as well. That's exactly right. Um, so let's close this out. We love the feedback you guys have been providing us. I mean, it, it was so cool. We've gotten to connect with a few of you. You've written us. You've, you've provided more reviews on iTunes. Thank you for the feedback. It, it means a lot to us. That's what really the first few years that we started doing the show in 2006 – that feedback, those emails, those comments, as well as the reviews is what kept this engine rolling. So we appreciate that y'all are keeping that, you're stoking the flames and keeping that going. Don't miss out on the opportunity to win a thousand dollars. Look, we don't part with money easily. So this is a tremendous opportunity. It shows our priority and how much this means to us that we are going to take a thousand dollars from our pots and our back pocket to potentially give to, to, to give to one of you guys. Sure. And all you have to do is go subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we're going to make that super easy. Just go to moneyguy.com. If you're not willing to go to youtube.com slash moneyguyshow, just go to moneyguy.com. We're going to put it right there in the show notes and make it as easy as possible. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, we have clients in over the majority of the country now. We want you to sign up. We love making taking that relationship to the next level. If you love what you hear here, hear, hear, you like the abundance mentality where we're just giving it away until you graduate to the point that you need professional help, let us be that resource. Let us be that one that you give a shot to. Moneyguy.com, and then you want to go check out the, the, the Abound Wealth website. It's aboundwealth.com. We'd love to take the relationship to the next level. So comfortable to fin- finish the show without a bead of sweat That's coming right. down. That's right. If you haven't checked out the Bean Boozle challenge that we did, you could see the rest of the team that we work with on a day-to-day basis. See us all dressed up as in crazy costumes. Um, really be entertained. But we hopefully you're also being educated and making smart financial decisions that go beyond common sense. I'm your host, Brian Preston. We'll talk to you in two weeks. The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston. Brian Preston is a principal with Abound Wealth Management. Abound Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Security and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Abound Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. 
The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment or legal advice. Thank you.